thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. Yeah. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Welcome today to Jesus the Healer. We are so glad you've joined us today. And we are here. I'm here with the studio audience and we're believing God for answers for your life. And I tell you what, every time you hear the word, expect something. You know, the word says in Hebrews, talking about those that God delivered out of Egypt, it said the word preached did not profit them. What a sad thing to hear the word, but not profit from it. Why is that? Well, it's not on God's side. It says the word preached did not profit them because they did not mix faith with the word they heard. And so we're here today, not just to hear, but to mix our faith with the word, because that's when it's going to find its home in our heart. When it lands in our heart, then it will bear fruit in our life when we act on it. Amen. Amen. We have been teaching and ministering on the subject of worship, praise and worship. And I tell you, that is such a huge part. You know, that's a primary flow of the life of the believer. I mean, we don't just worship and praise God at a time of difficulty. That is the lifestyle of the believer. Why? Because as we live a life of worshiping God and praising God, it helps holds us mindful of him. It does, it does so much for us to keep our thoughts off the difficulties, off the opposition and hold it on the mountain mover himself. Amen. And so I I harp back to something that Brother Copeland said. I love this statement. It's one of my favorite statements that he makes. And he says, when you pray, you lay hold of things. But when you praise, you win battles. I wish I'd have heard that statement like 30 years ago. It would have, it would have helped me accelerate through some times of testing. And too many times we're, we have the mindset if we're not careful, if we're, if our minds aren't renewed to think right, we have the mindset that worship and praise is for when victory uh, is accomplished in the sense that there's no circumstances opposing us. But victory belongs to you regardless of what circumstances oppose you. And really by praising and worshiping is how you, if I could say this, strike that victory flow in your life so that that's what's flowing to you and for you. Amen. So Jesus won the victory. I said he won the victory. That's why we're praising and worshiping him. Uh, But he has given us the privilege of occupying that victory. So although he's won the victory, we're the victory enforcers. Uh, You've heard a policeman called law enforcement officers. We're victory enforcement officers over our own life. 
because the victory has been provided for us and we're enforcing that. And as we worship and as we praise, we are, we are living reminded that the victory's ours. We're not trying to get it. But we're enforcing it because we know something. And this is what's so important about praise and worship. You're demonstrating what you know. You're praising him because you know some things. Amen. And uh, the enemy is constantly trying to sway us off of victory ground. And really out of victory thinking. Trying to get people to think that they've got to grasp and do something and struggle to get victory. And so he tries to sway us. The enemy tries to sway us from right thinking into wrong thinking. And so praise holds us in that victory. And listen, uh, we don't have to hold out against the devil. He's got to hold out against us. We're the one with a victory. He's the one stripped. He's the one defeated, brought and reduced to nothing. And so he has to hold out against us. And when we understand that victory has been made ours, I tell you what, the mindset is different. The, uh, the way you handle things that oppose you and things that come against you, it's different when you understand that victory is already yours. I want to talk a moment, really, uh, we've been talking about it in the previous episodes, the difference. There's a bit of a difference. Praise and worship flow together, but there's a bit of a difference in uh, the focus of them. When we're praising God, we're praising Him for what He's done, what He's provided for us, what He's made ours. But when we worship, we're thanking Him and worshiping for who He is. And it's who He is that provided what He has done for us. He is love. He is mercy and compassion and all these things. And out of that flow of who He is, He provided victory for us. And we praise Him for that flow. And so um, these two move together and they work together. But we don't want to just ever be mindful of what He's done. We also want to always be thankful for who He is. Amen. Uh, Sometimes people struggle to get healing, but if you just learn to worship the healer, who he is. Many times people struggle toward prosperity. Mm -hmm. Worship the provider. See, healing is is an outflow of who he is. But when you are mindful of who he is, what flows out of him is so easy to receive of. Amen. Um, I go back to, and we've been repeating this over and over because listen, faith comes by hearing. I don't mind repeating things over and over. It's a precaution. It's a safety for us. And uh, that's how it gets down into us. And I want to read to you what God said to Brother Norval Hayes. Now, Brother Norval Hayes was a precious man of God that taught faith, taught healing, but through an emphasis of worshiping and praising God. And uh, he's gone home to be with the Lord right now. But I would say this, just because he left, Mm -hmm. what God said to him is still here. And we want to, we want to take proper care of that revelation, giving it its proper place in our life and in our attention. So I don't necessarily preach his sermons, but I do preach what God said to him. So I want to go back to something that God said to Brother Norval Hayes years ago. He said this, my children basically love me but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessings because 
listen to this, they don't worship me enough. Now, I have to stop there before I read further because I always want to qualify this. What is worshiping God enough? How much is enough? Well, we go back to something that Brother Hagen would always say to us, and he said this. He said, praise brings the anointing. And the anointing destroys the yoke. So how much worship and praise is enough until the anointing comes into manifestation and destroys the yoke? Uh, It's good to worship God as a flow throughout the day, but there are times that we need to, if I could say this, make it, put it to the forefront of our day so that that anointing comes into manifestation and deals with that opposition that's against us. And so uh, God said to Brother Norval, they don't live in heaven's blessings because they don't worship me enough. And I could read it this way, because they don't worship me long enough for the anointing to come into manifestation and destroy the yoke. Now let's go on with what God said to him. He said to Brother Norval, your teaching, faith, and confession and you're praying for the sick. Now see, these are right things to do. God wasn't correcting him in that. He's saying you're doing some right things, but you need to worship me more. So he was saying you're doing some right things, but you're leaving some right things undone. And the, the thing he was focusing on, you can do a lot of right things, but if we leave this flow of praise and worship undone, something is going to be lacking. So he said, so you need to worship me more and you need to teach my people to worship me more. I'm their God and they're my children. Listen to this. If you'll teach my children to worship me more, I will do great and mighty things for them. Listen, great and mighty things belong to us. He's offering us that. But it's it's getting us to the place to where those great and mighty things can flow. And praise and worship sets the atmosphere for great and mighty things to flow. Why? Because you have focused on God. You've magnified him and where he's magnified, he manifests. Amen. Amen. So we're teaching, you have to teach people to worship God. Why? Because if we're not careful, people uh, just naturally, the temptation is when something opposes you for your attention to go to what is opposing you. If to teach, to teach people to worship God is to teach them that no matter what's opposing you, don't let that sway you from holding God as your focus, holding his word as your focus, holding what he said to you, holding your attention on that and praise and worship holds your attention on him and off of your mind, off of what's coming against the mind, off of what's coming against the body, off of the circumstances that are, that are surrounding you. Amen. Amen. Now, um, there's something I want to go with further today on the direction of worshiping God that goes hand in hand with God. He's provided all that we will ever need. Because he's provided all we ever need, there needs to be a reverence and a respect for him. Reverence is a part of worship. Reverence is a part of praising God. And I tell you really today, that's not what is, is if I could say this emphasized in today's society is reverence for higher things. That's right. But um, it's appropriate 
Praise and worship is a flow of showing reverence toward God. You know, um, uh, my parents, when I was growing up and the four kids in our family were growing up, if we wanted something, we had to show proper respect. If we were asking mother or daddy for something, we had to approach them with proper respect. We didn't say, hey, can you give me this? The answer is no. (laughs) With discipline (laughs) attached to it. No, there was a proper way to approach them. And we learned that early as children. You don't just treat them like the buddy on the playground. Uh, I remember when my kids were growing up, you know, and all these catchphrases of the generation, you know, uh, you know, and my kids would say something to me using one of those catchphrases. Hey, bud, what about this? I was like, I'm not your bud. I am not your bud. You might talk that way to your friend on the playground. I'm not your friend on the playground. I'm your mother. And I would enforce that. Why? Because if they lose respect, I can't bless them the way I want to bless them. Why is it important that to God that we have a life of praise and worship? Because it holds us in a flow of reverence for God, a flow of of respect so that he can bless us the way he wants to because disrespect doesn't receive blessing. (laughs) The blessings are hindered in that flow. Amen. Amen. Uh, We receive from God by faith. Isn't that right? And a person of faith is a thankful, grateful, reverent, respectful, and honorable person toward God. You can't be a faith person and have disrespect in your life. have a a lack of reverence Mm -hmm. for the things of God. And so it it matters. I want to quote something that Dad Hagen wrote in one of his books. Listen to this. He said, when reverence and honor are restored, and he was talking about really in the flow of, in the body of Christ. When, When reverence and honor are restored, there will be a restoration and a multiplication of the miracle power of God. Look at that. Uh, Now see, this is a man who was in the ministry, what, 60 something years. You learn over that many decades of being in the ministry, you learn the truths in demonstration of what works and what doesn't work. And we know this, when Jesus went to his own hometown, and he wanted to work miracles right. for his. Those people were most dear to him out of any community. Right. Why? Because right. these are people he grew up with. That's right. He wanted his community blessed. Yes. Yes. And when he went there, ready and, and able to bless that community because they were dishonorable toward him. Yeah. Because they were disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And Mark chapter 6 talks about it. Mm-hmm. But it says that they were offended at him. And Jesus said, a prophet's not without honor except in his own country, among his own kin. So the reason they were offended was because of dishonor. And because they were offended, there was dishonor, there was offense. It said he could there do no mighty work because of their unbelief. So notice what runs together. Dishonor, Uh dishonor, uh, offense, and unbelief. If, if, you want, if we want to have strong faith, there can be no flow of dishonor, right. no flow of disrespect, right. no amount of it because faith, is, faith uh, thrives 
in an attitude of honor. Amen. And so Dad Hagen was saying this, and I tell you, in our services, our church services, there needs to be an, uh, an air of respect and reverence for who we're dealing with. Listen, there are times of absolutely times of rejoicing, and it's right to rejoice in the presence of God. But there is also, it, it needs to come from a heart of reverence and respect and regard for who we're dealing with. Amen. Amen. We can never bypass proper reverence, respect, and honor if we're going to receive something from God. Amen. Amen. And so I want you to turn with me, if you would, to Psalms chapter 100. And if you have your Bible at home or they're on a device, uh, get it. And we, we want you to follow along with us. We want you to see something, that there is a proper way to approach God. Yes. Just like growing up, there was a proper way for the children in our household to approach their parents. There was a proper way for me when I was growing up to approach my parents. There's also a proper approach toward God. So Psalms chapter 100 verse 4. It says this, enter into his gates, look at this, with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So what's this verse showing us? It's showing us the proper approach to God. Right. Notice this, the worried approach is not the proper approach. That's right. That's good. If our approach, when we wake up and we start talking to God and it's a worried approach, we've missed the word. We're off the word. Because the word says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now listen, there's an actual location where the throne of heaven is located in heaven. Right? right? We know that the greater one's on the inside of us, but there's an actual location. Yes. <clears throat> and around that throne, just like in the Holy of Holies, uh, there, were, there were outer courts, there were inner courts. Yeah. You couldn't just walk up to that anytime you wanted, any way you wanted yeah. during, right. with the Holy of Holies. Right. Only the priest could go in once a year. But even so, with God's throne in heaven, uh, there's, a, there's, if I could say this, areas of approach. Right. Yes. And it says here, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. So there's gates that come. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving opens the gates to you. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Look at this, in his courts with praise. So here you have the throne of God. There's courts around that throne. Then there's gates. He's telling you how how to approach that throne. Amen. Because he wants us to really... He wants us to to be blessed in our prayer time when we worship God. So he's telling us in your prayer time when you're approaching God, remember what it says in Hebrews 4.16, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. But there's an approach to that throne. And this is what Psalms 100 verse 4 is telling us. There's a proper approach. You come with thanksgiving. You come with praise. What is that? Magnifying what he's done for you, that you're grateful. Listen, gratitude, having gratitude will keep the enemy from being able to steal your blessings from you. No one can steal from you what you're grateful for. If we lose gratitude, 
we're going to let, we're not going to have the right hold on that blessing. And you have to hold fast to what God's blessed you with. Gratitude, thanksgiving and praise. Father, I'm so grateful I'm born again. If you're, if you start your day that way, you're not going to easily cast that aside to go into a life of sin. Why? Because you're making yourself mindful of the highest flow and the highest place that belongs to you. As a child of God, I'm so grateful to call him father. And this is so much of how I start my time with him. Father, I thank you that you are my father. I thank you that I am your child. What am I doing? I'm showing gratitude just to belong to him. So this is what the word says. We come into his gates with thanksgiving into his courts with praise. Thank him that he opens, his gates are available to us. His courts are available to us, but so is the throne. Amen. The throne of his presence, it's available to us and there's a proper approach. Uh, Sometimes people will say, they'll say, you know, I go to pray and it just doesn't seem real to me. Well, try this approach. Uh, A worried approach, a fearful approach will not arrive you at where your heart longs to be. Uh, But he's telling us how to arrive every time. And what does that do that draws us out of the mental arena into the arena of our heart? One of the quickest ways to hook your tongue up to your heart is praising and worshiping God. And that's, that's what we need to do. That's where life, out of the heart for the issues of life. We've got to get our tongue and our tension on a, uh, and our focus on, on our spirits because that's where the life of God is. That's where the nature of God is. That's where the dealings of God take place is in our spirits. And so the last thing we want to do is, be, is approach God entrenched in our minds because there's no faith in our minds. That's right. The faith is in our hearts. And so one of the quickest ways and best ways to hook your tongue up to your heart, hook your tongue up to your spirit and your faith that's in your heart is worshiping and praising. That's why he tells you come with thanksgiving in your mouth. Come with praise in your mouth. Why? Because now you've connected to the faith in your heart. Why? Because you're worshiping and praising a God you can't see and that takes faith. And that's why it's an act of faith. Praising and worshiping God is an act of faith. Amen. Amen. So um, the prayer of praise and worship. Dad Hagen, you need to get hold, of, get hold of him if you don't have this list. But there's a list that he says is nine types of prayer in the Bible, mm-hmm. in the New Testament that governs the New Testament believer. Uh, number one, the prayer of faith. And that's the prayer to change something. You release your faith. Then there's the prayer of consecration. That's dedicating your life to, to the plan of God. And that's something we do continuously, ongoingly. Then there's the prayer of commitment. That is the prayer where you cast all your care on the Lord. You're committing everything of your life to his care so that he can work on it. There's the prayer of intercession when you're praying on the behalf of another. There's the prayer of supplication when you're making requests of God. There's united prayer, which is what the body of Christ does when we pray together. There's the prayer of agreement of two agreeing on earth as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them and my Father which is in heaven. Then there's the prayer in the spirit, praying in other tongues. Now that's eight types of prayer. The ninth one is the prayer of praise and worship. Mm 
Yes. Now, the reason the prayer of praise and worship is the highest type of prayer and the most important type of prayer is because of this. It has to accompany all other eight right. types of prayer. Right. Oh, that's, that's, good. Great. Good. that's good. Why? Because you can't even approach the throne without the prayer of praise and worship. Right. That's good. Right. And then the word tells us, let your request be made known unto God with thanksgiving. So he's saying, end your request, your time of making requests before the Lord, you end it with thanksgiving. So if I could say this prayer and praise, you have two books here, prayer and praise. See these two books right here. Prayer and praise is the bookend holding every other type of prayer. It, prayer and praise bookends every other type of prayer. That is why the prayer of praise and worship is so important because you can't pray the other ones effectively unless you've approached God through praise and worship and you've thanked God for having heard you. Amen. 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 So it's so, so important that we start not just our prayers, but how about our days? (laughs) Praising and worshiping God. If I could say this, this needs to be a spiritual habit developed by every believer. Yes. You know, we create natural habits, but we need to create spiritual habits. Yes. You know, if we're not careful uh, as new believers, we can float back into old habits. Yes. So the w- best way to not float back to old habits is to establish new habits. Yeah. Learn to just thank God all the time. Father, I'm so grateful for my home. I'm so grateful for my family. Just, it doesn't have to be off in a room by yourself. You can do it while you're driving the car to work, while you're cleaning the house, while you're running errands. Put in place a habit of praise and worship. Because when you do that, because praise and worship is an act of faith, you're you're connecting to your faith when you praise and worship. Therefore, you're constantly keeping yourself connected to your faith. As you praise throughout the day, your faith is ready. Your faith, you're you're hooked up to your faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we have to make sure that we establish this divine habit of being mindful of what he's done for us. I so appreciate uh, the testimony that this one pastor told me of of a woman that came to his church years ago. She was a visitor early on, of course, to his church. He didn't know her. And he said every time he would worship or, or, or reference Jesus as the healer, not in a disrespectful or a distracting way, she would stand up and lift her hands. And she would quietly to herself worship God. And he said, this went on for really quite a while. And he asked her one day, he said, sister, I noticed that you do that every time Jesus is referred to as healer. And he said, can I ask you why? She said, 15 years ago, Jesus healed me of cancer. She says, I cannot think of him as healer without thanking him, praising him and worshiping him. That's how you keep the devil from stealing from you what God's blessed you with, this divine habit of praising and worshiping God for what he's blessed you with. It's a flow of honor and it's an act of faith. Amen. Well, these are some of the things we're teaching in our book, Worship. And we want to get this into your hands. It'll be a blessing to you. Go to our website at DufresneMinistries.org and you can order it and we'll get it right out to you. But until we see you next time, remember this, Jesus is the healer. God bless you. 
to watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. When we worship God, we replicate on earth the very same atmosphere of heaven. This powerful book by Nancy Dufresne teaches on how to worship and bring the atmosphere of heaven into your home and surrounding your life. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.